I want to say with you today, I don't want to say shortly, but I want to say with you shortly uh, on the topic that says reintroducing Jesus. Tell your neighbor we are reintroducing Jesus. Um, you know, uh, this pulpit uh, for me is too far, so I, I, I might uh, go down and I'll come back. Hallelujah. Now, one of the things that I want us to understand and maybe to discuss shortly is that we understand that the way you understand Jesus dictates how you believe. And the way you believe dictates what will happen in your life. Our understanding of Jesus is extremely important in how we live our life and also in what we achieve. Our understanding directly impacts our conduct. The way you understand Jesus is the way that you will conduct yourself. Let's clap hands for Lerato. Hallelujah. 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 So in, we must understand that we become what we believe. The Bible says we don't walk by sight. It says we walk by faith. What that verse actually says, we don't walk by what we see, but we walk by the revelation of how we know Jesus. Let me make an example. If you don't know God as Jehovah Jireh, when you are in need, you would not go to God, you would go to your neighbor. If you don't know God as Jehovah Shalom, when there are things bothering you, you don't have peace. You would go to Jehovah, but not know, ask him for peace. Because you don't know his Jehovah Shalom. Now, there are people who know him as Jehovah Shalom, but they don't know him as Jehovah Jireh. Let's say that again. There are people who know him as Jehovah Shalom, their peace. But they don't know him as Jehovah Jireh, their provider. Now, the one who knows him as Jehovah Shalom and doesn't know him as Jehovah Jireh, when he does not have peace, he goes to God for provision. And he will have the provision but still do not have the peace. But the one who knows him as Jehovah Shalom, when he needs things, he goes to him for peace even in the needs but still don't get something because he does not know him as Jehovah Jireh. That means your level of understanding, your level of revelation of God dictates what God can do in your life. It is not the problem with God, it's the problem with your understanding. It is not that God can provide, it's how much you know about him providing. And what are the principles of provision? So your lack is based, not on God, it's based on your lack of knowledge. We read this with the singles on, on, on Friday, or was it on Saturday? I don't know now. Now, we read, oh, yesterday. Galatians says, though an, a, a child be an heir, he's still a slave. Let's repeat it. Though a child be an heir, he's still a slave. It means if a child is an heir, meaning that he is entitled to the inheritance. But because he is still a child, he cannot access the inheritance. And he becomes a slave to whoever is guarding the inheritance. That means even if the Mercedes belongs to him, 
But because he can't drive, he must ask the person who can drive him. And if that person says no, the Mercedes won't go anywhere. So what is the problem? The problem is not the Mercedes or the inheritance. The problem is the maturity. The problem is not that he does not have millions. The millions are there. But the problem is, is he mature to handle the millions? That's why the Bible says be faithful in small things. Because God in small things can trust you for bigger things. It means the inheritance. The Bible says Jesus himself has left us the inheritance. He says the will cannot be executed until the owner dies. And Jesus died. So it means our inheritance is ready. The only issue that God is waiting is our maturity. The level of growth of our understanding of God. Tell your neighbor you are loaded. Why does it seem like it, it, it shocks you? You are loaded. <laughs> Psalm 68 says, he, da he daily loads us. Daily he loads us. You are loaded. But the problem is you are so loaded, you can't access these things because you are not growing to the level where God can release them unto you. That's why today I want us to test our understanding of Jesus. Because maybe you are in here, you say you know Jesus. But there is a part of Jesus that I think you are missing. That you don't see the operations of God. I've started preaching, I'm, I'm about. And that knowledge of him is progressive. Let me talk about Jesus. We know him as king and lord. We know the Bible says in Isaiah 9 verse 6, it is, it, it is prophesied on, on him that unto us that the child is given. The Bible says the government has been put upon his shoulders. We know him as king. We know him as master. We know him as lord. But I don't know if that's the only thing we know about Jesus. Maybe we also know him as a shepherd. Jesus himself says, I am the great shepherd. And I, as a shepherd, I die for my, for my sheep. We know him as a shepherd. We also maybe know him as a prophet. Dr. Romans 18 verse 5, he tells us that God will raise up a prophet among us. Hebrews 1 verse 2 says, in the old days he, sp he spoke through the prophets. But in these days he spoke through his son, Jesus the prophet. And I think we have known Jesus as a king. We have known Jesus as a Lord. We have known Jesus as a shepherd. We have known Jesus as a prophet. We have also known Jesus as a high priest or as a priest. Because the Bible says he's a high priest. The, the, the Bible says he, he is the one priest who came and did the sacrifice once and for all. So we know him as a shepherd. We know him as a Lord. We know him as a king. We know him as a priest. We know him as a king. But maybe our understanding of just knowing him in this realm has made the gospel just to be irrelevant because we are only looking at things up. It's as if we cannot align ourselves or identify ourselves with him. Because there is a part of Jesus that I think we usually miss. 
I don't deny Jesus is king and I proclaim him as king. And the Bible says because he's king and priest, I am seated with him as king and priest in the heavenly realms. I am part of the ruling kingdom of God. And the Bible says, he is king. And he has a kingdom. And we are part of the kingdom. But there is something that is difficult or there is something that makes us or that causes people not to accept Jesus. That I want us to explore today. And is in these verses that we have read. The Bible says he came to Capernaum. He came to Nazareth from Capernaum. He had just performed so many miracles. The Bible says in Matthew, uh, in Matthew 13 that he had just performed so many miracles. And Jesus decided, let me visit my hometown. Say hometown. hometown. So Jesus decided, let me go see my people. The Bible tells us or the scholars tell us it was a second visit. The first visit, it is when he opened the scroll. And in the scroll he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And the Bible says, he said, in this scripture, today it is fulfilled. And the Bible says they were offended. They chased him. They even wanted to throw him off the edge. So the first time they chased him, he comes again. Maybe he was missing his brothers, his mother. Maybe he just wanted to come to church. He decided, let me again come to my hometown. Say hometown. And in coming to the hometown, the Bible says he, he waited. You see, that time he just preached. This time he waited for Sunday, or not Sunday, for Sabbath to come and minister to them. And the Bible says he ministered so much that the Bible says they were astonished and surprised. They said, where does he get this wisdom? They said, where did he learn these secrets? They said, where does he get the power to heal the sick? To perform so much miracle. It means the Jesus they saw first was different from the Jesus they are seeing now. <laughs> the Jesus that they learned they chased came back but came back with more content. Came back with more power. Came back with more miracles. Came back with more maturity. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is master. And the Bible says, if you can put for me verse 3. When they were so surprised, they looked into themselves. And this is the question that they, they ask. And this is where I am today. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? When they, had, they saw the miracles, they had the word, they had the wisdom. They started asking, who is this actually? You know, you don't realize that every time God elevates you, you become in such a stage that people start going into your background. They go into your Facebook. They go into your WhatsApp. They check every day. What are you saying? What are you doing? They go into your Instagram. They want you in the newspapers. They ask your friends. They befriend people just to know who you are. When Jesus is on you, who is this? Who is this person? No, this person, we know him. The message Bible says, he played with our kids. They go back and they realize, we helped Mary to change the diapers. Who, who is this person? No, no, you don't think Jesus had diapers, Pastor I'm just making it. He was a child. Hallelujah. I know he's, he's heavenly, but he was a child. That's the humility of Christ. 
And the Bible says they start asking, who, who, who is this? And they come, they say, is not this the carpenter? Matthew says, they, they ask the question, they say, is this not the son of the carpenter? It means they knew even his father because they could identify him by the work he does because of his father. Pastor Sarah said this morning, which kind of a servant are you? Can we identify Christ in what you do? Can we identify your father by what you do in your workplace? Can they see Jesus in what you do in your workplace? They say, is this not the carpenter? I want to submit to you today that while we have preached Jesus as king, as lord, as master, as prophet, as priest, we have not told the youth that Jesus was also a carpenter. I'm coming down now. We have not preached Jesus as a carpenter. Here is the problem of just saying Jesus is a king, is a lord. Because when they get saved, all they want is provision. They want money, they want cars, they want husbands, they want this. They forget that Jesus was a carpenter. If you wanted to know who he is, go to the hometown, say hometown. And the hometown will tell you he was playing with the other children. They will tell you he used to cry when they beat him. They will tell you he was like this and like this. Why? He was a carpenter. Did you realize that Jesus' ministry was only three years? From 30 to 33, Jesus, three years. But the rest of his life, Jesus was a carpenter. We forget to preach about this. That's why our youth, Pastor Sarah, they all want benefits of Christianity. They don't want to be carpenters. Maybe as the youth today, we must apologize to the elders that all we want is the cars they drive, is the mansions they stay in, is the blessings, is the prophecies they give. We have forgotten. At some point, they were the carpenters. This generation have missed on the carpentry. The word carpentry uh, in Greek is tecton. The word tecton does not just say the one who works with wood. It actually talks about the one who builds. Jesus spent his youth building. That's why you could say, I could destroy this temple in three days and raise it in one day. Because he knew how to build. That's why he says, I'm the cornerstone. That's why Jesus knew what about the stone. Because Jesus was a builder. Yes, you see him on the cross, but he was a builder. Yes, you see him resurrected, going to heaven, but Jesus was a carpenter. There is something about Jesus that we have missed in his life. Jesus was a carpenter. And because maybe we have raised him so high, people do not feel that they can be like him. Because they don't understand that before he ascended on heaven, he was busy working on woods. With the anointing inside of him. With the fullness of the godliness in him. Jesus every day waking up, taking the hammer, putting the nails. Preparing for the last time on the cross. The carpentry. Maybe we forgot that David himself, before he could fight Goliath, he was in the field. Before he could meet Goliath, he was in the field. The Bible says every son was called up until they said, there is even another. There is somebody here, you are another. Everybody has come. They have gotten married. They have received their blessings. Whether you are another. He was a carpenter. 
I came to talk today to you about the ministry of carpentry because until we understand that Jesus, the one we praise, the one we worship, he spent almost 15 years working and, and, and honing his skill of building. He understood the types of soils, the types of uh, woods, the types of nails, the, 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 the types of rocks. When he quotes scriptures, don't think he never did anything. Because we, 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 we come in Christianity with this mentality. It's all about blessings. But you don't understand. The one who gives blessings was once a carpenter. And it would be unfair to him that even though he has done so much to let you not understand. That's why the book of Hebrews put it this way, 4.15. It says, we do not have a high priest. Who cannot identify with our weakness and infirmities. It means whatever you are suffering, Jesus has been there. If it's the boss who's difficult, Jesus has been there. If it's the work that does not give production, Jesus has been there. If it's difficult customers, Jesus has been there. Because Jesus has been the carpenter. He's been a carpenter. Jesus was a builder. From the carpenter, he understood that you need to know the type of wood for the type of material you are building. So that's why Jesus does not just call, he chooses. That's not a choose. He justifies because he knows that there are those who come rough, who needs to be, to be worked on. He, with, the, with, with him being a carpenter, he lent the, the, the patience of taking the rough. That's why it does not matter where you have been. Jesus can still work on you. Because as he was working on the furniture, on the coffin, on the whatever he was working, he learned that it does not matter how bad the wood is. You just need time. Just need time. Some of us are very difficult, but Jesus. Ah, Jesus. People said, Yo, this one, I don't know what I must do, but Jesus is busy. Oh my God, I like this God. Had it not been for carpentry ministry, Jesus would have given up on you so early. Even in his flesh, he would have said, no, I don't work with this one, I know. But it does not matter how difficult, how rough it has been. When you come to this Jesus, he says, give me, let me show you. He take his hammer and beat certain things. And you cry and you say, God, what have I done? He takes the chisel, he removes the roughs. And then after that, he presents you to the world. And they say, who is this? Was it not the same child who was insulting the parents? Was it not the same child who was smoking? Was it not the same child who was on tracks? They say, who? what is this family? Was it not the same family that they were throwing each other with plates? With cups? Insulting each other? Don't be holy, you know. You know they, they, they say, what has happened? It's quiet in this house. They look at you and they say, who is this girl? Was it not the one who was all over the place? What, what has happened to you? Jesus, the carpenter has sat on you as a wood and said, until Jesus, Jesus the carpenter. Jesus the carpenter. I came to let you know it does not matter how rough you are. There is a one who is ready and willing every day to work on you. 
He knows that even from the hardest of wood, he has ways to chisel around. There is a story that is told, told of Michelle Langelo. They say there was a person who was doing a, a sculpture of David. And he, because of the limestone, he stopped and gave up. And a lot of money had been spent. And that stone stayed there for a long time. But this guy said, give me the stone. He sat there and he was busy chiseling. And this person says, what? Why are you taking such a stone? Because people have given up on it. He says, because on the stone, I see a man. <laughs> he says, on the stone, you see this stone is unworkable, but I see a man. Jesus, when he came to your, into your life, they said, this one, we have tried witchcraft, we have tried uh, doctors, we have tried this. And he says, they say, no, now we have given up. Jesus says, bring that person to me. <laughs> I still see a king on that person. I see a queen in that person. I see a master in that person. I see a choir leader in that person. I see a worshiper in that person. I see an evangelist in that person. I see a pastor, a prophet, apostle. I see in that person. Jesus. Jesus, the carpenter. Our lack of understanding of Jesus' carpentry makes us not to identify with him. As the one like us. And the Bible tried to say it so many times. You know Jesus used to call himself son of man. Not son of God. Because he was trying to say. I identify with you being a man. I know what you are going through. I understand what you've been through. I was there. There was a time I needed material. I could not get. There was a time I wanted to do this. Customers were insulting me. I understand. I understand what it is for neighbors to look down on you. I understand what it is to be rejected. I understand what it is to tender and send business proposal and they remove. He says, I know all of this. He is the high priest. Jesus the carpenter. Our problem is, Nancy, we have preached about prophetic, we have preached about the apostolic and everybody wants to be a prophet. They preach one message. They want to be prophets. They pray for one person. They call themselves major, major. They, 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 they testify once people clap hands. They buy speakers. They, they, they want a lot of money. It's because they don't understand the carpentry ministry. David said, in the field, in the background. Nobody saw him. In actual fact, he was forgotten. When you are in this season of carpentry, nobody recognizes you. And it does not mean you are not anointed. No, it's just that the Lord has hidden you while he's busy working on you. He does not want you to get out so that people can say, no, I can do this. They start making the spaza shop next to your spaza shop. Jesus said, let me hide. And you try this, it doesn't work. You try this, it doesn't work. Jesus says, I'm working on you. I'm working on you. And the devil tells you, he doesn't love you. He doesn't hear your prayers. Look, that one just got a, a big business. Look, that one just had a, 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 got married. And you say, God, what about me? Jesus says, I'm working on you. 
You say, how even this one, Lord, has dumped me. Jesus says, I'm working on you. Jesus is busy working you. I came to talk to the carpenters that don't worry. Jesus understand what you are doing. Don't, when you feel this thing, the fire coming out, wait until he allows you to go out. Stay in the oven until, until you are cooked. Stay in there, the carpentry ministry. The problem with me in the carpentry ministry is it's, it seems as if you will never amount to anything. It seems as if that dream that the Lord has showed you, Joseph, that your brothers were right. You know the brothers of Joseph, this one, he thinks it's clever. Let's show him. And now you are sitting there in prison, Joseph, you are asking yourself, but God, I saw myself as a moon. I saw myself there as a sun. And you are saying, but God, what has happened? You start doubting the word of prophecy. You start asking, did I hear well? You start asking yourself, is it still going to happen? And the devil start bringing, we said in the singles, the Ishmaels. In that moment... When you are waiting for Isaac, the Ishmael come. I said to them on Friday, the problem with the Ishmael is that he shared the same blood with Isaac. So he still looks like Abraham. He shares certain features with Isaac. And if you have not been by the carpenter, Ishmael seems very right. Because he comes just as you are about to break through. Yeah. When you start seeing the way, Ishmael comes. You know, that guy that says, I marry you now. I don't care what you have done. You know that one. Yeah. That you don't understand. You get confused. You can't pray nicely. You can't even quote verses. You know that one. You don't know you love him or you don't. That one. He quotes all the verses. He prays with everybody. He rolls on the floor. But there's just something you don't get. You know that one. There's, there's, there's Ishmael's that we have been through, that, 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 that we have met. If you have, oh, no, let me embarrass you. Just talk to yourself if you have been with Ishmael and say, I know, I've been with Ishmael. They, they might not want to show you. I know a lot of people in this house that have been with the Ishmael's. Look straight. Don't look at your partner, your neighbor. Look straight. I know there is some people who maybe now they are with the Ishmael. Look straight. Pray for the Lord. Help me. Ishmael. And you're saying, God, I thought this is the one. I thought this business was the one. I thought this job opportunity was the one. I thought this application was the one. And it seems as if it's the one. Everything about it feels right, but just things do not happen. I came to tell you there is a master builder who is busy working on your dreams. He does not want to give you something that looks like it. He wants to give you the original. They say it's the McCoy. Tell your neighbor, God wants to give you the McCoy. We must close up. I'm enjoying this so much. The carpentry ministry of Jesus. The problem, I was here, the problem with the carpentry ministry is that it looks like it will never happen. Beloved, in 30 years, Jesus did no miracle. No, 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 think about it. 30 years. 
He was fully God. Everything in him was holding the universe. The Bible says he made himself to be a bond servant. He was everything. He had power. He could open the mouth and do things. But for 30 years, he was just busy carpenting. You know how boring it is sometimes to go do the same thing you've been doing for the last 10 years? I'm a manager. You fight with the same people. For the same things every day. You give them disciplinary letters, you give them what? You know, and you even feel like maybe I'm not a Christian. <laughs> For 30 years, you wake up and you say, God, I don't want to meet this person again. And some of these difficult people are Christians. Hey, you open the verses, it's not working. You have intercession, it's not working. For 30 years, Jesus would wake up every day. I want to say to you today, as I'm about to close, that during your carpentry time, be faithful to your calling. Be faithful to your calling. Our problem is when things don't go the way that we want, we want to change, realign the purpose and the will of God so that it suits our situation. I came to let you know, God is not the respecter of man. When you move, God moves. God does not wait for you. He wants you to come. He's given you all of these things so that you can come to him. In your time of carpentry, like David, the Bible says, the bear came to eat. Remember, David was a shepherd. What is a shepherd? The one who takes care of the sheep or the flock. What did David end, uh, end up being? A king, the one who takes care of the nation. You don't know that in that little season, God is preparing you for a bigger thing. It might not make sense now, but with the passing of time, at the due course, at the appointed Kairos time of God, you finally realize, I'm, I was actually not a shepherd. I was a king to the sheep. That little thing that you are doing, be faithful to it. Because God is watching. And let me say this, your promotion is delayed by your level of faithfulness and growth in that space. Allow yourself to grow. The, David was busy learning how to throw and nobody saw, nobody realized. And even himself, he wondered, why do I just have this passion of throwing stones? The things that God has given you are strange to you. You don't know why you are drawn to the children. You don't understand why you like young people. You don't understand why you like singing. You don't understand why you like just talking to people. You don't know that in that corner, there is a carpenter. There's a builder who is busy working on you. You don't know why that child is giving you so much problem. Yeah, I'm talking to parents now. You don't know why it's being so difficult. You're praying, you're doing this, but you don't know that God is busy. The evangelist will come out. He will say, my mother used to pray for me, 
my father used to pray for me. When you least expect, they come. They stand here in front. They give their life to Jesus. And you don't even understand. You don't believe it. You think it's just an impulse. When you don't know that there is a carpenter behind who has been busy chiseling out some of the rough areas. You're thinking, this person is difficult. But God is training you to be able to lead others to him and your child. It's the carpentry ministry. Jesus is Lord, but Jesus was a carpenter. And in actual fact, Jesus spent more time carpenting. And this explains sometimes why certain things delay. Because he has learned that when you rush, you mess up the art. Amen. Doesn't the Bible say we are the workmanship? Yes, you know, the word, it says it's a poema. We, we, we are skillfully poem like a poem. There is a melody to what God is doing in your life. God is not in a rush. There are certain things that you are quickly wanting them. But God is taking his own time. God does not rush because God is working outside of time. You are stressed because you are working in your time. You're saying the biological clock is ticking. Where? God is busy. Working. I, I was just saying to you that in that moment, in that season of carpentry, be faithful to what God has told you to do. You know, sometimes we, we get, it is the familiarity that breeds contempt. We got so used to the things of God that even if the Holy Spirit would leave the church, would still do the things that we are doing. People will still fall. They will still cry. They will still roll. Because we have gotten so used to the things of God. Especially people who have not been through the carpentry ministry. Because when you've been the carpentry ministry, when you come in, you say, God, look at my hands, what I've done. You remember King Hezekiah? When they tell him that, no, your time is gone. He went back and said, reminded God, says, look what I have done. What are the work of your hands? What, what is your carpentry that you can give to testify for yourself in time of need when you can't pray for yourself? What are the works that stand before God? The Bible says Cornelius offering stood before the Lord. Be faithful in that season of carpentry. Let me close with this one because you like it. I can't leave you there being a carpenter. I must also let you know that just like Jesus rose, you will also rise. Amen. It's not for nothing what you are going through. Amen. And maybe when you are sitting there, let's just read Luke 1 verse 35 and I'm closing with this one. You are asking yourself, how will I become that which God has said I will become? You say, I've been in this carpentry for the longest time. How, how, how will, how, what's happening to me? God, what have I done? You know that Christians who pray those prayers a lot? What have I done? And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Can we read verse 34? Verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Verse 35. And the angel said, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born. The child to be born will be called Holy and the Son of God. I want to let you know that in your carpentry, the angel come to Mary. She had been in the carpentry. What was her carpentry? She had been a virgin. She had kept herself holy. And at the right time, Jesus, the angel comes and says, you blessed and favored. He said, you shall bear a child. Listen to what the question that Mary gives. He says, how shall this be? Knowing that I know not a man. Maybe you are sitting there, you are waiting for some connection to come. You say, how will I become that which God has said to me? I don't have connections. I, I, I don't have people. I don't even have a bribe. You say, how will I be? <laughs> the angel says, you shall become. He says, how will this happen to me? Me just being a virgin. How, how, how will this happen? How will my promotion come? How will I ascend to the place where God is using me? How will I become that which God has come? I came to let you know that the Bible says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He shall sit on you. He shall overshadow you. In your carpentry, don't worry. The Bible says, he says, Jesus, go tarry. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the Bible says, you, he, he, when he has come upon them, they shall be witnesses. You, you, you don't understand that. When this Holy Spirit come upon you, you will have something to say about what God has been doing in your life. Nobody knew. When I was 11 years, Lucia, my father used to give me to stand in front just to imitate some preachers. And nobody knew that I would be preaching in divine restoration someday. You don't know that when I was in university, I was a chairperson of the Christian Fellowship of 350 members. I used to lead these people and wonder, why am I doing this? I did not know that God wants me to be a DDG of Department of Health. You don't know what God is doing. I, I, I get called, say Come, come, come. Uh, we, we need somebody to assist there in the clinical department. And we, we heard that it's you. Me. This. How will this be? Because I don't qualify. How will this be? Because I don't have the, the language. But when the Holy Spirit overshadows you, when the Holy Spirit sits upon you, you don't need the qualification. You don't need the connection. You don't need the friends. You don't need the bribe. When the Spirit sits upon you, your application does not go alone. It's accompanied by the angels. It's ushered by the word of God. It gets into the office. They lose others. Yours go on top. And when they look at it, they say, but this one, there's something. He does not have that certificate, but there's just something. You go in the interview. You don't they get the scope. They got told. You go there with just yourself. You say, Holy Spirit, sit on me. You sit there. You say, they say, who are you? And why are you right for this company? You say, because I'm the child of God. I have been called by the name of the Lord. And the Lord has told me, this job is mine. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Next question. <laughs> Next question. 
When the Spirit sits upon you, it's like when they, they were in the wilderness. The Bible says it was a cloud. When the Spirit sits, it engulfs you. That's why Paul says, in Him we live, we move, we have our being. We don't know anything outside of Him. We, can, we cannot see anything outside of him. When the spirit sits upon you, don't worry. God is taking care of everything. When the spirit sits upon you, doors open without you knocking. When the spirit sits upon you, things come to you without you even wanting them. You know you'll even have to choose. Do I take this one or this one? Because when the spirit comes, there are things that just comes. You attract things that you thought you were repelling. When the spirit comes and you are ready for a season, things come and appear. When you enter the door, they say, the solution has arrived. When you get into a place, they say, we've been waiting for you. When you open your mouth, they said, wow, what a wisdom. When the Spirit sits upon you. When that Spirit sits upon you, there is a move that is beyond yourself. When the Spirit sits upon you, you feel an edge that you have never felt on yourself. When you talk to your children, you want you know, to say something to them and you just go, When the Spirit sits upon you, when the Spirit sits upon you, you finally understand why that yes, Carpenter. He reveals, Jesus says, he will reveal me to you. When this spirit sits upon you, you finally understand why Jesus, what Jesus has been doing in your life. I was telling them in the singles that when they were dumping me, Pastor Sarah, I did not understand that God was preparing me for such a wonderful gift. A person who shares with me passion that I have in the Lord, who understands, who prays and prays for me. When I finish kissing the frogs, the snakes, the horses, the everything else. When the spirit sits upon you, I, was, I, I, I had given up. I thought, God, this thing is not going to work. I've been praying. I don't think it will work. Just at that moment, just at that moment, a Facebook inbox came in. I came here to testify that ever since that inbox came in, I'm a happily married husband. When the Spirit sits upon you, there is a rest and peace. You don't, you don't, you don't strive. You don't, you don't work hard anymore. You don't cry. You don't doubt. There's no untrust. You are not worried. You know, is he here? Is he not here? Is she here or not? You sit settled knowing that the Lord, just like he brought Eve, he'll bring the one that belongs to me. When the Spirit sits upon you, your promotion is automatic. The problem is, we want promotion before carpentry. But if you allow enough carpentry to happen, the spirit will come. Suddenly, this thing happens suddenly. Suddenly, when, when you were not expecting it, it just comes. When you think, ah, I'm done with it, it happens. Because it's the work of the spirit. God wants it to be clear that it was nobody who did it but himself. God wanted it to be clear that there's no one who has connected me with my wife. It was just us. So there's no one who can want to cancel us and tell us, I did tell you this, now give us this. Because the Lord has done it. 
came to let you know that it takes just the spirit of the Lord to sit upon you. And all of a sudden, things change. The environment moves. The world shakes just like it did with Peter and Silas as they were praising. When the spirit landed, the world, the prison, could not handle the heaviness of his presence. I believe and I know and I prophesy that there is somebody that the spirit is going to sit on today and the things are going to move. Things are going to change. Things are going to happen when the spirit can we stand up on our feet I'm done the minister of carpentry this same Jesus was a carpenter this same Jesus was a carpenter you're asking yourself how will this marriage work there is a master builder you're asking yourself when will mine come through? I came to tell you, you know, there is a master builder. You asking yourself, how will this happen? I came to tell you, there is a master builder. And when the time has come, the spirit suddenly, suddenly falls upon you and it changes everything upon you. The favor falls upon you. There is a master builder. I want you to pray for yourself. I do this every time. I want you to pray for yourself. Two prayer items. One, I want you to pray yourself that God will give you patience and perseverance to stay under the ministry of the carpenter until the right time. There are people who are gifted, who have messed up their ministry calling because they could not wait for the carpentry ministry. There are people who went on and opened churches and went on and done things. And now they are bent out. They are tired because it's been their power. When you go, when he has not released you, you must sustain it. But when he releases you, the spirit seeds and sustains you. The Bible says they were never hungry. They never lacked food because they were directed by God. First prayer, you must pray for yourself. Father, I'm here. You must say, God, help me. To stay long enough. I know you think it's been too much. But I believe he's nearly about that. The second prayer that you must pray. Is to pray that the spirit sits upon you. You pray that God let the spirit overshadow me. And Mary says whatever he tells you to do. You must do. When the spirit sits upon you. When he gives you testimony. Whatever he tells you to do. You must do. Two prayer items. God, let me stay long enough. Secondly, give me your spirit. Let him stay. Let him overshadow me. Let's pray.